Praise God. Well, um, we started a series some weeks ago called God is the Author of Peace, and even though we preached on other things um, in the interim at different times, I just felt impressed to uh, touch on something specific related to that in that series, so we're going to do that this morning. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 is our text, and we spent some time just reading the context of this. We're not going to do that this morning. Well, we'll read this and then read some other verses that we've read before just to kind of get a platform, get everybody going in the same direction. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Aren't you glad God is not the author of confusion? Because He's the creator of the universe. And if He's the author of confusion, (laughs) I mean... You know, if he's the boss and he's confusing and making everything muddled, well, what hope do we have? But the good news is he's not. Now, people have ascribed confusing things and, you know, things of destruction things to God and said, this is God. That's not true. God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of destruction. In fact, the Bible says there is a thief. His name is Satan. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God does not. So really easy. A three-year-old could understand it. If it's confusing, if it's destruction, if it's death, that's Satan. If it's good, if it's lovely, if it's honorable, if it's life-giving, that's God. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Religion will tell you, well, no, it's a blessing in disguise. There's never a blessing in disguise. Now, God can take something that looked bad and turn it for good. That's a whole different thing than saying God sent the destruction, but it's here to help you. That's not true. It doesn't have to be in disguise. Blessings are not in disguise. God's blessings are just poured out, and they are not covered. They don't have to be disguised. Okay? That's religion, because what that is is Satan trying to dupe the human race by weird teachings or or religious teachings trying to get us to accept something destructive as God. Phrases like that. Now, not, don't be legalistic about it. Somebody says that, don't, don't jump down their throat. We've all said it, probably. Just know for, our true, you know, for our own understanding, that God is not somehow trying to be sneaky about blessing you. Looks destructive, but it's really God. No, no, God is good all the time. You don't have to have a, a calculation to try to figure out if it's God or not. Well, this looks really bad, but it could be God. No. There's junk that happens on this earth because that, that, we live in a fallen world and, and uh, there's stuff that uh, it's not God's will that's going on because people have looked away from God because there is an enemy in the earth, but that doesn't mean God is the author of it. Those are two different things. And we need to make that straight. Have that straight in our understanding. And when we do, it clears up a whole lot. We'll just start, we'll, we'll start rejecting things that maybe we accepted before because we were talked into it. Somebody said, oh, you're being holy if you put up with this junk. And we'll realize, no, I was being dumb. I was being ignorant. We may feel, we may feel, uh, it may be a humbling thing. We may have to like repent, but we need to know that God is good and that you know, so, so you had some religion in you. So you, you used to believe something that you realize in the Word isn't true. Well, welcome to the club. That's going to happen for the rest of your life. Did you hear me? 
You're not going to reach a place where you just know everything. Um, I know that might be a disappointment to some people. Some people think I was already there. Well, revelation this morning. No. We're, we're not going to reach that place. We're going to continually grow. And here's a newsflash. When we get to heaven, we're going to be learning for the rest of eternity. You will never catch up with God. Again, newsflash. Some people have the idea we're just going to know everything. That would mean you would, know, you would be like God. We just have a bunch of gods. No. He's out ahead. He's got a little bit of a head start. Like forever. Like he has always been, and we've been on around for just a few decades. So, no, we're not going to catch up with him. It's okay that we're learning and we're growing. Get in the habit of saying, hmm, I didn't know that. That's something I learned. That's okay. Amen. It's okay to be like, didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. That doesn't mean you're worse than another person or worse than something. That just means, hey, I'm human. I didn't know that. I know a lot of other stuff here. The more you go, you realize that that's pretty small, you know, according to all the things that can be known, but you're going to realize... Hey, I, I learned something new. That's okay. Because if we think we got to know it, we got to stay in this position like, well, I should know that. I'm not going to admit that I don't. <laughs> We're, it's going to be hard to learn. We should be every day go, well, thank God I know that now. Good. Took me 40 years, but now I know that. Thank God. Oh, every one of you that you've been around for a while, don't you? You know, you, you know sometimes I'm 48. You know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know that now. It took me 48 years to get here, but now I know it. Anybody can say you did the same thing. The number might be different, but you did the same thing. We're going to keep doing the same thing. That's okay. Because if we think we've got to know the answers, then it's going to keep us from growing. And here's another thing. It's okay to say, I don't know. That'll help us. Because we back ourselves into a corner when somebody asks us a question and... Uh, you know, you feel like you have to have an answer because, you know, after we're out, you've been around, so you should know. You can feel that pressure, and then that, you know, you just get into where you got to come up with something. Don't feel that. Say, I don't know. Somebody said it like this. There was a bunch of instructors. I can't remember who told it, but there was an instructor at Rama, and a bunch of them were, were talking. They had a guest minister in, and, you know, he was the guest teacher. He was teaching a class, and so in between classes or in the afternoon or something, they were all around, and they were talking, and they're talking to this guy and just talking about biblical answers and biblical questions and just, you know, fellowshipping. And um, it came up, this guy said, I-, I can answer any question. And the other guys were like, whoa. And he goes, so often my answer is, I don't know. But I can answer any question. And that's the way we have to, you know, that's, that, that's the position we need to, to, to have. You know, just because you're in a position or have been in a position doesn't mean you know everything. You know, some people expect the boss to know everything. No, you're just the boss. You don't necessarily have to know everything. You're the manager, so you have to act like you know everything. No, you don't. You're the teacher, so you have to know everything. Your kids will ask you stuff you don't know. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to give the full answer to a three-year-old. Because they don't need, they don't, they're not going to understand most of what you're saying anyway to get the real answer. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's okay to say, because <laughs> daddy said so. Because mommy said so. That's not politically correct in this day and age, but that's a valid answer. In other words, honey, you're not going to understand if I told you anyway. Just take my word for it for now, and we'll talk later. That's okay. Anyway, we'll just keep moving here. Praise God, none of that's in my notes. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit 
soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, may the God of peace, so he's not, he's not the author of confusion, he is the God of peace. Thank God he's a God of peace. Aren't you glad when we talk about our God, he's a God of peace? So you know, when I get in his presence, I'm going to have peace. Aren't you so glad he's not the God of chaos? You're like, oh no, we got to go to church again. It's going to be insane. That's not what we're supposed to get. It's supposed to be, I'm going to get peace. I'm going to, you know, you have peace, but I'm going to experience more peace because we're, we're learning about the Lord and we're fellowshipping with people of God. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace in every way. So he is the Lord of peace and he said he would give you peace. Aren't you glad it didn't just stop with him being the God of peace, but you're out on your own? (laughs) I'm peaceful, but you're not, so good luck, pal. No, God is the God of peace, and he wants us to walk in peace, which is the whole reason, you know, one of the main reasons we're on this series. We're talking about that God wants us to have peace and how some of that works practically. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace I give to you. Jesus is saying, I give you my peace. Not just some, you know, fake peace, some shallow peace, but he's saying, I give you my peace, and it's not as the world gives. And the world will give you something for a little bit, And it'll work for a little while, but then it wears off. And if you're looking to the world to satisfy what only God can satisfy, you're going to be disappointed over and over and over. Any person will. Because we're meant to fellowship with God, and that's how we're going to experience true peace and and true satisfaction and contentment in this life. So we've talked about different aspects of this. I encourage you, if you didn't, if you haven't listened to the series, go back it's a, and listen to the messages, watch the messages, whatever works for you. And if it works better just to listen um, while you're on, on the go, the podcasts are great for that. You can pick up where you left off real easy. They don't reload, you know, like the websites do. Uh, but we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to sit down and watch, our website's great. YouTube is great. Facebook, you can go back and look. But just if you catch up, you'll, you'll, you'll get a good dose of these things. And um, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Let's look at Hebrews 4, verse 1. Talk about, get to what, we're, uh, what I had in my heart this, for this morning. Hebrews 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, talking about those uh, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, in context, but we're going to emphasize something specific here. It says, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my rest, they shall not enter my rest. So God had told the Israelites what to do, and they did They could enter into the rest of God and trust him, but they didn't. And so he said, well, you're not going to enter it. But what that's what it's talking about. But verse three says, for though for we who have believed do enter that rest, do enter into rest in the amplified verse three. 
says, For we, we who believe, that is, who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest, so we have His inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of His power. We're going to rest, read that again. For we who believe, that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God. So we who believe for salvation, yes. But you, when you believe, or I believe God in whatever situation you need to believe, when you believe His Word, when you believe what He said, then something happens. It says, we who believe, that is, who, are, who personally trust and confidently rely on God, Enter that rest. So we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. You could say we're confident of what we believed him for and we're confident of his power. We're confident that he can do what he said. And so we have peace. So we have rest. Why? Because we've believed. Let's look at uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. He's filling you with joy and peace because you're believing. When you're believing, you have joy and peace. In the NLT... Same verse. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Notice that. So we're emphasizing peace. Joy is there too, and we've talked about joy different times and emphasize it in the same thing. Joy and peace should be like, they're like meters. They're like gauges on your dashboard. You should be in your car, you know. If you're in your car, you ought to keep a, a tab on the fuel gauge, right? I mean, honestly, I don't look at it a lot, and then I see the yellow light come on, and the yellow light comes on early enough that I usually know what's going on, and you know, tell, now we can tell how many miles we have left and, and, and uh, so forth. In general, you need to know how much fuel you have, roughly. And if you're going on a long trip, then you need to know you're tanked up, right? If you're deciding to go on a, a five-hour trip and you, you're on yellow, well, then you, you're going to need to stop or you're going to just stop. <laughs> stop for gas or be stopped. And that's not good for your car to just run out of gas like that on the road. But, okay, it happens. But this is like a gauge, the peace and the joy. We're talking about peace. You need to keep a tab on your peace because it indicates where you're at in believing. And if you believe, then you'll be at peace. And if we're not in peace, then we need to realize something's off. I, I need to realize something's going on because when I'm believing, then I will be at peace. Verse 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in Him. In other words, when we trust God, when we believe Him, then peace follows. You know, Hebrews said, they that believe do enter rest. So how do, you, how do you get to rest? You just take God at his word. 
What God said is true, isn't it? That's how you get to peace. It's not going, oh, I got to believe, I got to get to peace. I just, I got to be peaceful. Oh, and I got to believe God. And if I, I have to be peaceful, so I got to believe God. And if I believe God, then I can get to that peace. I'm just trying. Now, that's the, the wrong way to go about it. It's, I believe, well, God said it. So I'm not peaceful. Well, wait, he said it. So what do I need to do to get to peace? Actually start believing that what he said is true. Oh, I'm trying to, like, make it happen. I'm taking the responsibility for it happen. I'm, say, I'm taking the responsibility to, to nothing. Things aren't looking right, so I'm looking at that. But when I say, well, well, no, God said this. God said in his word, whatever it is you're believing for. We'll give some examples. Then you, if you truly trust him, then it brings peace. And so that's the place to look. It's not like, okay, I'm going to trust him. It's like, Except that what he said is right. And then there's peace. Because he didn't go anywhere. He's on the throne. Probably one of the most important aspects of walking in peace is what we're talking about right here. If we are believing God, if we trust him, we'll be in peace. Trusting him brings us back to peace. Think about it. Any time that we're out of peace, it means, remember, that's a gauge. It means we've taken our eyes off of him. Period. Because you cannot be trusting God fully and not be in peace. Think about it. Because it, think, think about who we serve. You know, praise and worship, and afterwards we're talking about the God of the universe, our Father. So now, if you believe that, if you believe he loves you, if you believe he'll take care of you, if his word is for you, that God, he knows where you're going to be the rest of your life every microsecond. Think about it. None of it's a mystery to him. From now to the place you step off into eternity with him, he knows every place you will be. He knows every word you're going to say, everything you're going to do. That blows our minds. Like, how could he know that much? Because he's the almighty. He knows that, and he's looking down on you, and he says, I got this. If you believe it, you're not freaking out. If you believe that, what happens? All right, that's true. Yeah, but there's this. Yeah, but there's God. See, that would bring us right back in. If we're still, if there's not peace, then it means I'm not really looking to him. That's not in a con- condemning way. It's just like you're... Gas tanks, you know, it's lighting up yellow. You need to get gas. It's not a condemning thing. You should have got gas. No, it's just go get gas. That's it. It's a gauge. If you're out of peace, don't go, oh, no, you're supposed to be in peace. Such a bad Christian. Just say, why? Oh, I'm not looking at God. What do you do? Look at God. That's all. Just start, you know what? I, ha- I-, I realize... I've been looking at the wrong thing. It's so easy to do because you have tons of help in this world. Most things in the world is, are trying to get you to look away from God. I'm not saying on purpose. They don't know anything else to do because if they're not looking to God, they're just going to show you stuff that gets you not to look at God. Now, there are people that are specifically trying to get you not to look at God. And so the world is full of all that. So if you just go out and be in the world, guess what? Pretty soon, 
You're just not going to be looking at God. You're just going to be looking away. That's why it's so important to like get on the Word, do what we're doing here, because it puts us right back to God. Say, yes, you're right. I needed that. Yes, I did. I got duped again. We're not going to even say for the, the number of times. <laughs> you know, that's happened. It's happened again. All right, God, I'm looking back at you. Going back to you. You're wondering if that hurt. No, I didn't hit it that hard. It did hurt. Probably, maybe it sounds bad at the, the mic, but it wasn't that bad. So if we don't, if we're experiencing anxiety, people will be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be anxious. I'm not supposed to. Oh, I'm such a bad Christian, and it just makes it worse. Don't do that. Just say, yes, I am experiencing anxiety. Why? Somebody said this. You know, instead of asking, you know, beating yourself up for it, ask, why are, you, why are you feeling that way? Don't make it the answer that I, there's nothing I can do about it because the world is telling you that. You realize the world will fight you for the ability to be out of peace and anxious. They know nothing you can do about it. You can't do anything. Shut up. You can't do it. It's just too hard. Really? They'll, tell, they'll, they'll fight you. Well, that's not, that's not helpful. The, world, the Word says you can have peace. We just read a bunch of Scripture. So if we're feeling it, don't, be, don't beat yourself up. You know, if you've been walking around, you know, have heard the Word, you know, the, the devil, he plays really sly. You know, try to, if, he'll try to beat you up one way or another. So if you're trying to go to God, he'll try to beat you up and say, oh, well, yeah, you're going to God now. You messed up all this time. Try to get you right back in the same position. So don't listen to that. Don't ask, well, gosh, I'm just so bad for feeling anxious. Say, why? Well, okay, I'm not trusting God. So what's the answer? If, if, I, if I'm feeling anxious and I'm not experiencing peace, and the reason is because I'm not trusting God, because if I were trusting God, I experienced peace, then if I'm feeling anxious and the answer is to trust God, what should I do? I start trusting God again. I should just say, okay, I slipped. I'm not looking at the right thing, so I'm going to start looking at God again. And then peace will come. I'm not believing Him. Not, again, not in a condemning way. You're not believing Him. You shouldn't know. It's just you realize, I'm not looking at Him. I'm looking at the wrong thing. So guess what I'm going to do? Mm, I'm going to look at Him, and I'm going to stay on Him. And it's going to try to, you know, thoughts will try to pull you back off. Say, no, I'm just going to trust Him. Yeah, but what about? No, God said... This, you know, let's look at uh, Matthew 6, 25. Let's read a passage of scripture there. Jesus speaking. He said, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Well, that would blow up anything. The modern psychology says you can't control it. You can't do it. You are destined to worry. If you're wired like that, nothing you can do. Well, Jesus didn't know that. We're not saying that in a condemning way. It's just, we got to counter, these are not godly thoughts. These are thoughts that are trying to keep people bound, telling them, you can't be free. Accept it. We know more than you. We've studied it, and we say you can't be free. The Bible tells us we can. So we have to say the Bible's right. If Jesus said, do not worry, then there's a way not to do it. If you're not worrying, then that's a step toward being at peace, right? If you're out of peace, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. But one of the things is you're anxious. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food or the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So Jesus is getting into something. He's saying, look, here's a natural example. You see the birds, are they stressing out about what they're going to eat? He's saying, no, they get their food. And then he's saying, are you more valuable? And that's a very important question. Are you? In other words, is God going to take care of you? Is God going to do what he said in his word? Is he or not? Because if you say, oh, yeah, I know the birds, but I have X. I have to take. Well, then go back to what Jesus is saying. Are the birds going, I have four mouths to feed. How? Is that what they're doing? No, they're saying, I don't know what they're saying. I mean, we have birds at home. I don't think they know a lot. We have relatively, you know, we have two conures, which are baby parrots. They're relative, I don't know. In the bird world, they, I think they got to be a little smarter than, you know, like a robin or something. I don't know, because you pay a lot more money for them. But, and they, they can, they can uh, repeat stuff. They can talk to a degree. One talks, he says good morning over and over and over when you come. He says good morning at night, because it's just basically his greeting. Good morning. Good morning. He says his name's Finn, and we, we, when Shelly was putting him down, she was the person that would take him or come downstairs to say good morning to him and get him. We, we had separate cages for him that they would sleep in, so she would come down and say, good morning, Finn, good morning, Yoshi. And so Finn would start going, good morning, Finn, good morning, Finn, <laughs> good morning, Finn. So he either says good morning, Finn, or he just says good morning. And then he, he mimics Shelly's laugh. So in the background, we'll be talking. And then, you know, Shelly will laugh, and they'll go, <laughs> <He'll>, <laughs> it's, it's classic. It's great. And then he'll say, step up, which is the, the, can't take credit for that. The people that trained him said that. That's, you know, you want the bird to come out, you say, step up. And so he'll go, step up, step up. <laughs> so they can do that. So I think they're relatively smart. My point is, I don't think birds, you know, relative to a human, I mean, they got a brain that big, aren't all that smart. I don't know what they're really thinking when they're out there foraging for food. Another side thing, you know, recently... They like to for it. They like to go tear stuff apart. So they have these real expensive toys that you can buy that people make that are meant to be torn apart. And we bought some of those, and they tear them apart. But we we um, stumbled on the idea somehow. We we put like an empty cereal box in there, and he went to town on that thing. You know, he just tore it apart and loved it. So now we just bring him a new box, and we put a new box. It's like Christmas. He's like looking at it, and he tears it apart. Why did I say that part? Oh, so they go around and look for food. That's like simulating what they do all day. But he, I'm telling you, when Finn, Yoshi doesn't, Yoshi just sits there and he likes bells and he kind of just doesn't touch boxes. So whatever, he's a green one. But the other one, Finn, he just goes and he tears stuff apart and that's simulating him looking for food. That's what they do. It gives them exercise. He doesn't seem stressed about it. He is really like enjoying it. And I'll tell you what, they're in cages, but he definitely doesn't wonder. Now, he may flick his food out and get mad at us at times, but he doesn't wonder if we're going to feed him. He, always, he knows we're going to feed him. 
And so I don't know what really goes through their little bird brains, but I, you know, they don't look stressed. And so God is saying, look at a bird. They're not freaking out over where they're going to get the next meal or something. They, they're just going to be taken care of. And then he says, are you as important as they are? Aren't you more important? This is a really critical question because, you know, if, if we've been beat down and somehow separated from God in our mind or somehow thought we are second, third, fourth, fifth-rate Christians and way down on the totem pole and, well, he, sure, he takes care of the people that are super faith people, but not me because, you know, I messed up. Because we know us and we don't know the other people. That's the biggest problem. You know your life. You don't know other people's lives. So you can, can easily condemn yourself. And then you can devalue yourself. And Jesus is saying... Aren't you more important than them? They're not stressing out about it. They have everything they need. They're, you know, he's not saying they're peaceful here, but he's saying, don't worry. And he's saying, look at the birds. They're taken care of. So are you more important? Because he's saying, don't worry. So in verse 26, he said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature? In other words, if you're going to worry about it, how's that going to change anything? That's not. It's just going to make you miserable. He's, Jesus has given us the same advice. He's saying, look to God. Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Now, in the middle of this, I want you to get this when Jesus is talking about it, because we'll say, well, yeah, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm clothed and I got food. That doesn't really apply to me. No, it might sound more like this. What about my health? What about my family being provided for? What about my children being protected? How are my children going to get back to being right with God? What about my job? What about my business? What am I going to do when I'm done with school? What do I do after this job? How about my career? How am I going to find a spouse? How am I going to have godly friends? How am I going to handle all my classes? It, this is what it sounds like in our, in our thinking. It's anything that's taken us away from God that's, that's causing us to stress. The Bible has something to say about all these things, and peace will come when we start saying, yeah, I can't trust God in that area, can't I? Yeah, God has told me he'll take care of me. You, you just take any of these and anything that I didn't mention, anything that would try to come up and say, how is this going to happen? Trying to bring you worry, trying to bring you anxiety, stress, trying to get you out of peace. The answer is to come back and say, worry not going to do any good. What is going to do some good? I'm going to have to look back to God and just trust that what he said is true. Put my hand, myself back in his hands and his arms. Trust that he is faithful, and then that'll cause me to be peace. That'll cause me to enter the rest. If I believed, I'll enter into rest. If I believed, it'll bring me joy and peace. So as we're reading now, let's read, let's pick up in verse 28. Read through this and be thinking. Anything that Jesus talked about, apply it. Uh, we can apply a situation that we've had press on us or maybe is pressing on us. And then what is he saying to do? Verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing? Or you could say, why do you worry about fill in the blank? In fact, everybody right now, you think of something that's been pressing on you. 
or one or two or three things, and at, you fill it in right now, just in your mind. You don't have to tell anybody. But G, the word applies to us today. It's not just something we're reading just so we can check the box and say, oh, we read Matthew 6. This is an answer for us. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. So he said about your food. He's talking about lilies of the food, or lilies of the field. All these apply. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, notice what he said. He said the lilies... They're they're arrayed beautifully. Solomon, the great king, wasn't even decked out like them. And he said, if God arrays them, clothes them this way, will he not clothe you? Now, notice a couple things. Will he not clothe you? Again, he's answering the same question. Are you more important than the birds? Here he's saying, won't he clothe you? Are you as important as the grass that's here today and gone tomorrow? Well, are we? See, if we say no, well, yeah, if you don't think God cares about you, that's going to cause stress and take you out of peace. But if you realize I am and the Heavenly Father loves me and he does this for for objects that are not going to be here very long and he loves me so much more. And in fact, he sent Jesus to pay for me. Well, that now that's a different thing. And he loves me and he's going to take care of me. Now that brings me in a different place. So he's asking a question. The question he's asking is very important. Are you more important? Does he care about you? Is he going to do the words that he said in his word? Will he do it for you? Or is it just somebody else? Then he says, will he not much more clothe you? He's asking the question, oh, you of little faith. He's saying, if you're worrying, you're you're not believing what, what God said. And if you're not believing, we said, if you're not believing, you're not going to be in peace. He said, aren't you more important, you of little faith? Well, if peace follows faith, then if he's saying you of little faith, he's saying you of little peace. Why are you so out of peace? You aren't you, don't you know God loves you more than all this? And he does this. So conclusion is chill. God's got this. He's got it. And he's got you. I said he has you. He has me. It, it, it has to be personal. Otherwise, we're not just preaching to preach. This is the truth. Either it is for you or it's just some religion for somebody else that nobody actually attains. But if it's for us, then that changes the whole thing. That means he can work in our situation now and that we can actually experience peace. Because some people, sometimes we write off, say, There's, it's just not for me. In the world, like we said, is saying just not for you. You're not genetically disposed to be peaceful. Sorry. I don't know. That's what, no. But if we realize, no, God loves me. God is going to take care of me. That's for me. God has me. Now that means I can have peace. If, if what? If I'll believe that. And whosoever will believe. Jesus isn't saying you have any qualifications. You just say you've got to believe. And that's the way it is with the kingdom of God. You, how we get what God has provided is just by believing what he has done, not by any external, not by pedigree, not by your background, not by how much money you have, not by who you know, thank God. 
that's none of these things. Not by your genetics. It's just not. Well, but I'm genetically disposed to this and health and so... Okay, but God can take care of that. He's already taken care of all the health issues. So if we'll believe Him, even though your body was disposed to do something, it can still be okay. So, but I've been, I've been stressed out about it. Okay, well then, I, 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 if I start looking at what God said, instead of looking at, you know, that there's no way, then that's how I'm going to get to peace. That's how, that's called faith. That's all it is. It's just trusting God. That's just saying, okay, you're right. You actually do love me. See, when it becomes more than a parable, and it becomes where, I, I actually, Jesus is trying to tell me something. He said, hey, I take care of the birds. I take care of the flowers. You think I got you or not? If a human told you that, that you liked, you know, you loved, and they were like, man, I, I take care of this and that, and you don't think I'm going to take care of you? And if you knew him, you'd be like, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I trust you. Right? That's what, God, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, look, I do this. The God the Father does this. Jesus is God, but he's talking about the Father. He's saying, the Father does this. The Father does this. Are you more valuable? Question. Because if you say yes, then you're on the right track. But if you disqualify yourself, then you're going to keep going the same direction. So he says, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore. So he asked these questions, and then he said, Therefore. Because of what I just got done saying, if you believe what the Father's doing with the birds and with the lilies, and you believe that you're more valuable, then he says, then therefore do not worry. There he said it again. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Or all these other questions. How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to take care of this? How, what's going to happen here? What decision am I going to make here? How will this ever happen? said, don't worry about all that. Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. Wasn't that true? The people without God, they're just going around asking these questions and trying to help each other going, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do that? Here's a book. Here's a pamphlet. Here's a website. Here's a video. Try it. May work for you. May not, but not my problem. But God says, I have the answer. And you're, you're important to me. So look to me. For after all these things the Gentiles, the people without God, seek for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. He knows. Everybody say, He knows. He knows. He knows. And He knows what we've, what the pressure's in our mind. He knows emotionally what we dealt with. He knows where we're going. He knows where we've been. And He says, He knows you need all these things. Verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek Him first. So put, again, you put your eyes back on Him and put all that other stuff in the background, do what He said, and then He'll take care of you. So you believe, trust. And He's talking about worry. So if you're, if you're, if you're completely without worry, well, you're going to be more peaceful. It goes along with everything we've talked about. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Be at peace. 
Believe God. Trust Him. One more thing. Romans 8.28. Got to touch on this. Because this is something along with what we're talking about that Satan will try to swipe your feet right out from underneath you. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Even if you come back and you start saying, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to get... Man, I have been... I see that. I'm just not trusting Him. You start trusting Him. One of the tactics, Satan, the next thing he'll try to come to you is, yeah, and you're on the right track now. Like we said earlier, too bad it took you all this time, and so you're going to pay anyway, pal. You messed up this and this and this and this, right? Doesn't matter if you're 10, 10-year-old maybe not thinking this way, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50. It doesn't matter. It's the same tactic. It was yesterday. It's the same problem no matter how old you are. You know, because look at it. A 12-year-old could have a problem and think they ruined their life. And you're like, honey, you blew up a day. You're fine. Go on. Yeah, but the same principle applies. What is the principle before we go on? It is not that God is orchestrating everything to evil and good like we talked about just trying to make something good out of it. No, it's saying even if something didn't happen right, God will help you to go forth in good. It says we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So you love God, you turn toward him, even the junk, he'll help make it into something good. Thank God he does that or we're all up a creek without a paddle. Because we didn't do everything right. And he'd tell you, well, if you did everything right, well, thank God for Jesus because that's why he came because we didn't, we're not going to do everything right. So, you know, you could have a 12-year-old that's like, oh, I blew it. No, you didn't blow it. Just, just keep going on. But then as we get older, you think, I, uh, what, I, you know, but there's this, so I can't be in peace. You know, so I can't, I can't be okay. I can't be at peace. He'll try to cut, cut out your legs from underneath you and say, yeah, that would work. But, and so all it is, is another thing to insert in the scripture where we've gone through all these things. You know, we talked about, you know, if it's my health or how my child going to be protected or this or that. Well, you just add that to the list and say, even if I made a mistake, even if I did this, Still not worry. Still believe God. Still be at peace. Hallelujah. It's just another thing in the list. It do, what Jesus said in Matthew is not like, well, the lilies, they're clothed and the, the birds are okay, unless they did something and then, well, that didn't, I'm sorry. Then we're not going to take care of them. He didn't say that. Are you with me? He didn't say that. He said... Look at them. You're going to be taken care of. So, okay, you go to God and you'd be like, okay, I've been stressed. I'm out of peace. I'm not believing you. I'm going to believe you. Oh, and anything that I've been hounded with of, of these things, it's because it could be, well, how is this going to happen? Because 
and then condemnation. Because this. Because this. Because you. And then try to take your faith. So you're getting in faith. You're believing God. Peace is starting to come. And what's Satan going to try to do? Take that faith back out of you and get you to look at something else. He'll sugarcoat it in a different way to try to make it look like he's not trying to steal the faith. But what he's really trying to do is steal your faith and get you back out of peace because he'll say, well, that's fine. It would apply, but sorry, it doesn't because you did this and take it away from you again. You ever, don't raise your hand. But have you ever experienced that? You just get going. You think you got the answer. You're getting going and then, you know, you trip right over it and you're back to the same way. And Satan, you know, you're like, you're in the exact same position. And, but when Satan's trying to steal from you, you go, oh, no, this is different. Right? You're getting going. You're like, oh, I got it. <sighs> I can breathe. I'm going. And I go, yeah, but it didn't really apply to you. And you're like, and then, but, you know, I mean, it's true. Yeah, I mean, he'll agree with the word when it'll benefit him. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a truth, but it's just you don't qualify for this and this and this. You're like, yeah, yeah, and pretty soon you've talked yourself out and you're back in the same way. Different thoughts, same position. And you're out of peace and you're still worrying, which is the same thing. Does the word of God apply to all the different areas or not? Is he, can he, I mean, the Bible's full of people that didn't do everything right and they still were used by God. Is that true? Yeah. So, if will there is a rest, a peace that we can enter. The way we get there is by believing God, then peace comes. The Bible said that he would fill you with joy and peace in believing, in believing him. Then peace comes. The adjustment is to start looking at him so we can experience his peace for our future, for our circumstances, whatever. Jesus said, look at these other things. Look at the birds. Look at the lilies. You're more valuable. Trust me. Don't worry. Be in peace. And we read, even if you did miss it, God is able to take that, move it around. He's not author of it, but he can take it and say, watch this. We're going to still get through and go forward. And what, what, how do we get peace? Trust him that he can do it. 